life in this generation. And I don't want us to take the grace of God or of God in his life. Let's not take it for granted. Let's not take it for granted. Amen. Amen. And definitely, he cannot go this far without his wonderful wife, Pastor Shadi. Lunch is in the children's section. God bless her. Amen. Amen. And all the workers, Pastor Adebayo, and all the workers and leaders in the church. I tell you sincerely, there is no man of God that can succeed on his own. We are all connected together. We are all connected together. Our destinies are connected together. And the earlier we get to know this, the better we know that indeed we play one role or the other in our lives. Amen. The workers here are very wonderful. The choir, come on, let's put the let's put our hands together for Jesus. They are so wonderful. I mean, very simple but deeply anointed. I know when I hear things that are anointed, by his grace, I can I can know. I can tell you sincerely, the choir is really anointed. And I really thank God for your lives. Amen. Glory to God. How many of us are ready for God's word this morning? Are you ready? I want us to bow our heads. And I want you to talk to God. I want you to talk to God. Lord, speak to me today. I've come to church. Speak to me today. I need a word from you. I need to hear from you. I need a word from you. I need to hear from you. If I don't hear from you, what do I do? Where do I go? The Bible says that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, speak your word to me this morning. You might have come to church with a heavy heart or with an excited spirit. Whatever position you have come to church today with, I'm too sure God has a word for you. And God is going to speak to you. But you need to ask him. You need to ask him to speak to you. You need to ask, ask him to talk to you. I want you to, as you talk to God, tell him to open up your heart. Tell him that you're opening up your heart to him. And that he will touch your heart in a special way today. He will touch your heart in a special way today. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Eternal Rock of Ages, we thank you for this morning. We bless and adore you. We thank you for bringing us to your presence. We know you have a word for us. We know you want to speak to us. As we come before you, O oh God, speak to our heart. Let our eyes of understanding be opened. Help us to comprehend the mystery of your word. We pray for everyone that is listening to this message in this auditorium and even in our various locations. I ask, O oh Lord God, Almighty, oh that you will touch every life. Amen. And graft your word on the tablet of our hearts. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'll be sharing with us on the topic God has impressed upon my heart, which is living in dominion. Living a life of dominion. I am quite aware that we have been looking at that topic, dominion, and it's no need for reflogging and, um, and re re I mean, doing the round of the, the, the wheels and uh, recreating it. But one thing is very clear, God is going to touch our lives. Living a life of dominion. When we look at the topic dominion, we realize that this is the original intention of God for every of his children. 
This is the original intention of God for every of his children. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, 21 and 27 to 28, the scripture makes it clear. It says, so God made man in his own image. In the, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, when you look at that verse 27, it says there, he said, God created man in his own image. Now, please understand what the scripture is saying there. There is a difference between image and shadow. Your shadow is a reflection of the, of, of the light that comes to you. For example, this has helped me to take care of my shadow now. You're not going to see any of my shadow. But assuming the light ray is coming from this side, you are likely to see a kind of an image that is created here. That is my shadow. Now, God did not create anybody in his shadow. But the Bible said God created us in his image. To be created in the image of God means that when you look at the mirror, for instance, what you see in there is your image. What you see in the mirror is your image. So when God picks the mirror and looks at himself, what he sees is you. Because you are created in his image. You are created in his likeness. You are created in his likeness. Likeness talks about your temperament. Talks about your character. Talks about who you are. That is the container and the content. The image is the container. The likeness is the content. That is, God created you in image and likeness. Container and content identical. That's the way God created every man. And not, did he, not only did he create us in that way, he now says, now have dominion. Have dominion over the birds of the air, over the fish of the sea, over everything that creeps upon the earth. That is to say, now have dominion, subdue them, take charge, be in control. Be in absolute control of every situation and circumstance. Now, that was the original intention of God, and that was how you and I were created. That's exactly who you are. You are created in his image. You are created in his likeness. So God created us in his image and likeness, and he gave total dominion to man from inception. From inception, he gave total dominion to man, and he told man to tend the garden. He told man to take charge. He told man to to go further and begin to continue in the work of creation. Now, I want us all to know that God created all things in six days and on the seventh day he rested. But the work of creation did not complete. When God created man and he looked at you, he looked at me, he said, I'm done with creation. Because he had created another God. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 82, verse 6, he said, ye are gods. He are gods. He said he created another God. When he created you and I, he said, no, I don't need to do work of creation again. Because the people have created, the person I've created, I created in my image and my likeness. That means they can continue with work of creation. That was why God did not, seek, did not create these chairs in which we are sitting on today. He hid them in all those things that he created. And he said, no, go, now go forth and go be co-creators. Because you are created in my image, you are created in my likeness, so go forward now and continue the work of creation. And up till today, man is still creating and creating and creating. That's what we call discovery. 
everything God has put there. He put the raw material there. And he said, now go forth and begin to recreate things. Go forth and begin to create. So when you are not creating things, when you are not creating, when you are not in the process of creation, you are not working in the likeness of who you originally meant to be. So to get into creation is normal. Creating systems. Creating worlds. Creating, creating things Creating things through the power of imagination. Because God saw all this on the inside of him before he created. Remember what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1. He said, in the beginning was the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible said, everything was in pandemonium. Was scattered until God said. And by the way, God said, let there be light. That means creation starts from the spoken words. Creation starts from the spoken words. That is, whatever you want to create, whatever you want to see in your life, it starts from you, first of all, speaking it out. God had light in mind. He had to speak it forth. God had water. He had lightning. He had to speak it forth. Without you speaking it forth, you cannot create. You cannot be in the class of God. You cannot be in the class of anything you desire, anything you want, anything you want to create. The starting point is when you have conceived it on the inside, then the next thing is you must speak it out. Without you speaking it out, you cannot get into the work of creation. You want to do something in your family, you have to speak it out. You want something to die, you have to speak it out. The Bible says life and the power of life and death is in your tongue. That is, you are a co-creator, but the starting point of creation is you have to speak. So God created man. However, man lost this dominion. Man lost his authority through to disobedience. And what was disobedience? God spoke to Adam. He said, look, I've created all things. i put all things in your charge. But there are two things, there are two trees in this garden that you must not touch. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the tree of life. You may eat of all these fruits, but don't touch these two trees. Because the very day you touch them and you eat of them, you will surely die. And we all know the story. Adam disobeyed God and he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of those two trees. He ate one of them. Immediately, Adam ate this fruit. Adam was not deceived. No. He wasn't. The immediately he ate of it, he disobeyed and he died. Now when the Bible talks of death, Death in the scripture does not mean seizure of life. The dictionary meaning of death will tell you seizure of life. But death originally is when you are separated from God. Anyone that is separated from God is dead. Anyone that is separated from God is dead because on the resurrection monument, we won't, we won't rise up again. He's totally separated from God. So when Adam and Eve did this, they were separated. They were separated and they lost this dominion. Now, listen to me carefully. Because of God's love for man, a lot of us see it as a punishment. But in the midst of the punishment, God had supernatural love for man. I want you to listen to this. God had to, because of the love, he had to drive him, them away from the garden. And he put an angel to guide the garden on the east gate. Now listen carefully. A lot of us will think, yes, that is the punishment. But it is not. It is, but and it's on the other side, it is not. Why? Because if man, uh, if Adam and Eve had eaten of the tree of life, they wouldn't have been able to die again. And that means, having had sin on this body that grows old and grows and wears away, 
if they had eaten of that tree, they would have been trapped in this body and they would not have been able to exit out of it. I've said several times, my dad, uh, my, my grandmother, my, from my maternal side, she died at the age of 120. And by the time she was going to die, we all were praying that she should go home. Because she was so frail, but her mind was still very sound. At times I would go visit and say, Mama, do you, who is talking to you? She would laugh and she would just mention my name. But you know what? She was so frail. To the point that she herself had to be saying, Lord, take me home. I want to go. Why? Because her body, her body was already frail and worn out. At this time, she wasn't going to the market, to the shop again. She wasn't going to the market again. She was just home. She would go to the washroom and come back. She would eat. And people would gather around her and greet her and all. And she would celebrate. And she goes back to bed. But the day she was going to pass on, and my aunt called and said, Mama has passed on. Everybody rejoiced. The Bible says, blessed is the memory of the just. You know, we, we celebrated. Now, listen to me carefully. You can imagine that kind of a picture. Now, if, the, if Adam had eaten of the tree of life, we would have been trapped in that body, in that frail state, and would not be good for the society. So, because of that, God had to drive them away so they would not eat from that tree. From that tree. So, man lost that dominion. And it is no news. It is no news at all, even to Jesus. When Jesus Christ came to redeem us, to redeem us and to give us back this dominion, it's no news when the devil came to him and said, if you will only bow to me, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 and 10, Matthew 4, 8 and 10, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their splendor. All these I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus answered, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, Jesus Christ did not say, Satan, you are lying. No, 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 no. He didn't say you are lying. He didn't say. Jesus Christ had to answer him in another way. He had to answer him because he knew he wasn't lying. Truly, the kingdom of the world was delivered to him the very day Adam and Eve missed it. The, it was given to him. But please note something. I want to drive this home quietly to you. Jesus Christ came to redeem man. He came to redeem you. The earth, everything in your world that was delivered to Satan was not redeemed. That is why up till today we still have earthquake. We still have hurricane. We still have a lot of mishaps, climatic conditions that are boisterous and dangerous. We still have all this because Jesus Christ did not come to redeem those. He came to redeem man. So when people ask questions, why did God allow this? Why did God? No, it wasn't God that allowed it. Adam and Eve allowed it. When we transferred the dominion. So when Jesus Christ came, he came to redeem man. He said, he came to redeem man. He came to redeem man. So when he came, he came to redeem us, he did not only, when he redeemed us, he now gave us the authority. And I want to, let me shock you again. Let me shock you. Even when Jesus Christ came to redeem man, he did not come, he didn't come to redeem this physical body. This physical body is still growing old. That's why we will still take on a new body when we pass on to glory. He didn't also come to redeem your mind. He gave that responsibility to you. Romans chapter 12 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you will do what? That you will watch over your mind to redeem it. 
redeem your mind. He left that portion to you and I. That is why if you are born again today and you don't take the, the pleasure of redeeming your mind, the word redeem your mind, by you staying in the scripture, you will still stay in the dark. Now listen, let me, let me share this with you. Before man fell, are you there? The hierarchy was God. After God is man. After man, angels. And after angels, devil spirit. Are you there? Are you following me, church? Come on, I want you to respond to me. Okay, good, good, good. I want you to be very sure you're, you're with me and you're not in Costco. <laughs> now, after God did that, now when man fell, man moved from this position after God. Now, man moved below angels and man also moved below demons, devil spirit. That's how the devil can afflict people. That's how the devil can afflict and afflict and oppress people. That was why when angel Michael came to deliver the message to John the, the father of John the Baptist called Zechariah in the holies of police. And he said, how can this be? How can this be? When the, the angel of the Lord told him that Zechariah, your wife, Elizabeth, is going to give birth to a child. The man said, oh, my wife is old. You know what? Angel Gabriel did not go to receive any authority from heaven before he said that word. He said, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of the Lord. Because you have said this, so that you will not alter this. Because God cannot afford to alter the, 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 the program of salvation. He couldn't afford it. And John the Baptist was born six months ahead of Jesus Christ. He has to be the forerunner of Jesus. He was the first cousin of Jesus. So God could not allow anything to affect it. He said, no, 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 you this man, if you continue to talk like this, you will alter this, this agenda. So therefore, you will be dumb. To be dumb means you will not be able to speak, but you will be able to hear. So he made him dumb. Now listen to me carefully. Anytime you talk unbelief, anytime you talk unbelief, you are qualifying yourself to be under angels. So the angel told him, you will not be able to speak again. And it, it happened. We all know the end of the story. Now listen, when Jesus Christ came to redeem man, what he did, now remember the hierarchy. Jesus, God is on top. Am I right? Are you together? The next person is the position of man. Are you, are you with me? Now when Christ Jesus came to redeem man, he didn't take man back to under God. He didn't take man to the first level. That is why the new man, what Christ Jesus Christ, what Jesus Christ Jesus did, is special. He didn't return man to the place where he left, where Adam and Eve was. You know where he took man? He brought man to the level of God. The Bible said we are seated with Christ Jesus, far above principalities and powers. Before that, we are not seated with Christ, but now we are seated with Christ. Hallelujah. I, be, I thought you would be excited about your new position. Hallelujah. God brought man not to the present, to the place where we fell. He brought us to sit now with him. Before that time, man was not sitting with God. No. God will come to man in the cool of the evening. But this time, he brought man to a new position. That was what Stephen saw when he said, I see the Son of Man standing beside God. And the people said, you? You say you see Jesus Christ standing beside God? Now, listen to me. <laughs> Let me tell you another mystery there. When Stephen saw Jesus, 
Jesus Christ is seated at the highest right hand of God. But because the Messiah, a Messiah is about to go. The Bible said he is seated. But when Stephen was to be called to him, Jesus Christ stood. And he said, I see him standing. Ordinarily, Jesus Christ sits. He's seated at the right hand of God. And that is where he has brought us. We are joint heirs with him. So when he redeemed us, he brought us with him. We are seated with him in heavenly places. So when Stephen said, I see him stand, the question is, when a Messiah is being called home, when somebody is being called home, Jesus Christ had to stand. He stood for stealing. Now listen carefully. Having been redeemed, you are not being redeemed to go back to the position of Adam and Eve. We are being redeemed now to sit with Christ. We are now co-heirs with God. Now listen to me. Irrespective of what you are going through, it's not relevant. The reality is where you are seated. Now, the reality is where you are. And until we captivate this reality, we will not be able to walk in the fullness of dominion. Somebody say amen. So when the devil came to Jesus Christ and said, Bah, Jesus Christ, he knew what he was saying. But Jesus Christ answered him back with the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Listen again, church. We read the Bible. We have the Bible in our spirit, the word of God in our spirit. Not only because it is the way to take us to heaven. Because the Bible says, if I, if I, if I hide my word in your heart, he said, I will, so that I will not sin against you. Not only that, the word of God makes you to come into the level of God. The word of God on the inside of you. He said, ye are gods. He said, ye are gods. If you don't have the word of God, the rhema word of God living actively on the inside of you, you will fall like men. You will fall like men. We need the word of God to be engrafted on the inside of us. That is what brings us to the realm of absolute dominion. Now listen, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, is that a man of wisdom is strong, but a man of knowledge increases in strength, which means the more of God's word you have on the inside of you, the stronger you are. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is equal to strength. So it means my people are destroyed because they lack strength. And what is the strength? The knowledge of the word of God is what gives strength. It's what liberates. It's what illuminates. The knowledge of the word. Is the knowledge of the word. So we must walk in the revelation of the word. So when Jesus Christ said this, the devil wanted to give Jesus Christ a short route. The short route <laughs> to accomplishing what he came to do. And Jesus Christ said, no, I'm not going to go that route. Now listen to me. In John chapter 6, verse 50 to 51, I want to show you something here. We are talking of living a life of dominion. If we don't have this understanding, there is no way we can. Hmm. John chapter 6, verse 50 to 51, it says, But here is the bread that comes from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of, of this bread will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Now, listen, please, I want you to connect this together. This was why the people, the religious people, took offense at Jesus Christ. What do you mean you are the living bread? What do you mean if you eat your flesh, you will not die? What do you mean by this? Jesus Christ was referring to the tree of life. He was referring to the tree of life 
that the Adam and Eve were prevented from eating. So instead of now going back to the garden to eat from the tree of life, just can say, no, 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 you don't need to go back there again. That chapter is closed. I am now the bread of life. If you will eat of my flesh, if you will eat of me, you will not die again, but you will live forever. Oh, they didn't understand what he was saying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the bread of life. That means anytime you partake of Jesus, anytime you give your heart to him, and you surrender your life to him, and you partake of him, you will not ever die again. That's why Paul the, Paul the Apostle said, believers don't die, but we sleep. Why? Because when we sleep, we wake up the resurrection morning. Now, eternal life is not when you get to heaven. No. Eternal life is on the inside of you right now. As long as you have Christ on the inside of you. So that means if you are not born again, you do not have eternal life. If you die in that state, you are not going to wake up in the resurrection morning. You are going to die. Remember, what is death? Separation from God. You will be separated eternally. You go to hell. You will be separated totally from God. But when you eat of this bread, Jesus Christ said, <laughs> He said, my flesh which I give to you is the life of the world. Is the life of the world. Is the life. Is the fruit that we missed. So living in dominion means encountering Jesus. Being a Jesus addict. Being a Jesus breath. Being an extension of Jesus Christ. Be an extension of Jesus Christ. Your mouth be the mouthpiece of Jesus. Your hands and hands is the extension of Jesus. Your legs extension of Jesus. Your whole being is an extension of Jesus. You will not die again. You will wake up in the resurrection morning. That is what gives us comfort. When we die in the context of this world, death is not seizure of life. Death is the door that leads us into another life. We don't die. We only transit. Because we already have eternal life on the inside of us. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So now Jesus Christ came to redeem us. And by that redemption, through his blood, he said we receive forgiveness of sins. He said to redeem. What does it mean to redeem? To redeem simply means to compensate for a fault or a bad aspect of something. To redeem means to vindicate, which Jesus Christ has come to do. He has come to justify. He has come to offset He's come to rescue. He's come to qualify, even when we are not qualified. Now, uh, uh, let me say this again. Oh, Jesus. There's so much things boiling up in my spirit. Now, listen. Now, when we talk of going, making to heaven, it is not because of what you have. It's not you making heaven. It's not as a result of your righteousness. But it's as a result of what Jesus Christ came to do. Are you there? Now, when we talk of the righteousness, we being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, to be able to live in dominion, what it simply means, sir, is this. My righteousness, I drop it, and I take on the righteousness of Jesus. Now, I, was, I gave my heart to Christ October 1986. The righteousness I have is not superior to the person who gave his heart to Christ today. Are you there? Because it has nothing to do with my own. It has nothing to do with my material. It has to do with what Christ Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. So let no man boast. Let no man boast in the flesh. 
we all have the same quality, the same material of righteousness. We have the same. I'm no more righteous than you. You're no more righteous than me. It does not as a result of what I have done or what you have not done. No, it's as a result of what Christ Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. He redeemed us. To redeem means to compensate for the fault. To vindicate you. I was vindicated. We were vindicated. Uh-huh. Our righteousness is like a filthy rag. Another version of the scriptures is like a menstrual rag. But the righteousness we possess is that of Jesus. He has offset it. He qualified me even when I was not qualified. You know what? No matter what sin you have committed. Are you listening to me? Now listen, I'm not encouraging you to go into sin. But what I'm saying is this. Even if you have committed the worst sin, if you come to Christ Jesus today and you ask him, Lord, forgive me, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. The ability to renew, to redeem your mind. Remember, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may be able to know your ability to get the word into your system and know that when Christ forgives you, he does not remember it. Listen, when Christ forgives, he does not cover it. In the Old Testament, sins were covered. In the New Covenant, sins were deleted and control saved. You know what I mean? You know, when you delete something and you control save it, <laughs> can you retrieve it again? Huh? It can't be retrieved again. So when it is deleted, and then not only does it delete it for anybody to come and do undo. You know, when you do undo on the system, it comes back. No, 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 there's no opportunity for undo. He deleted it and then he control saved it. That is, as far as God is concerned, he sees you as a brand new. He that is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. All things are deleted. All things have become new. The only history that a new thing has is this history with the manufacturer. So it is now your own responsibility to delete it off your memory. It may be difficult. You have to get rid of it. You have to get rid of it. You've got to get rid of it. Because there is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ. As long as you are living under condemnation. Oh, condemnation. Oh, I got it wrong. Oh, I missed it. Oh, I fell short of the mark. Leave those. Don't eat that. Eat God as clean. Let no man call unclean. Even you might have taken some decisions in the past that you are regretting. Cont- delete it and control save it. Lord, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I look up to you. I am liberated. I am free. You know the reason why many of us are not free? We always think of what people are going to say. Ah, what will people say? Ah, what will people say? <laughs> Tell Jesus. When Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary for you, he didn't ask the permission of people. It was a transaction between himself and you alone. You are complete and complete in him. It may even be, it may not even be sin. It may be iniquity. There's a difference between iniquity and sin. Iniquity is the sin of is, is the root of sin, which is in the heart. The Bible says, if I consider iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Iniquity is in the heart. Iniquity is something that can be transmitted from generation to generation if care is not care, if the care is not taken. Even iniquity, the Bible says God deletes them. But adventures of iniquity may be in our lives. Maybe you inherited something from your parents. Maybe it's not your fault. Maybe your parents have, um, maybe they have a defect in their, in their, I mean, in their, what's it called now, in their cells. Maybe there are some cancerous cells. 
And people say, well, if your father had cancer, your mother had cancer, this person had cancer, automatically, you also, you are likely and be pruned to have cancer. Excuse me, sir. That is not true. He that is in Christ is a new creation. When you gave your heart to Christ, you were uprooted from that root and you were taken into the lineage of Jesus Christ. So it is no longer that, gene, it's no longer that gene, uh, genotype that you have. You now have the genotype of Christ Jesus. If your blood is gone to check, what they will see there is the blood of Jesus. You have been uprooted. You have been uprooted. You have been taken out of darkness and translated into his kingdom of his marvelous son. But why is that I'm still having it? It is because you have not allowed the truth to enter into your spirit. The truth must sink into you. Just like you would know that when, this, when anybody asks me, what is your name? I say, my name is Lanley Ajaloku. I don't need to think twice. If somebody comes to me twice and say, no, no, your name is Lanley Ajaloku. Ah, you know, I've been bearing. <laughs> you know, I don't need to. I don't need any faith. I know it. Until you come to that knowing. The Bible says, now we know the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The question is, do you know that grace? Uh, I'm not talking of you on quoting the scripture. I'm talking of you knowing. When you get to a point in which there is a knowing on the inside of you, on the inside of you, that you know that you know. When you get to that position, you shall know the truth. And what will set you free? That's the truth. That is the act of living in dominion. Know it. Now, listen, your situation and circumstances may not be showing it. May not be proving it. But you have to know it. You've got to know it. I know that I know the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth. <laughs> I remember 1999, shortly before August, a uh, couple of months, it was announced in my church, a couple of weeks, it was announced in my church that our brother, Pastor Larry, will be getting married. And somebody came and said, all these faith brothers, they are even faith in marriage. So one sister came and told me, I said, who said it? He said, ah, no, no, Pastor, you don't need to hear. I said, go and tell her. That, he said, uh, also he said, all these faith brothers, all these faith pastors, are even faith in marriage. He said, she said, hmm, my sister must not drink gari. Now, gari is a low, stable food <laughs> uh, that is made out of cassava. So what do you call cornflakes? You just say cassava flakes, you know? Yeah, so that to drive it home. Now, it's, it's a very low stable food. My sister must not drink. At this point in time, I didn't look like it. Truly, if you look at me from head to toe, I didn't look like it. You understand what I mean by saying not look like it? I didn't look like it at all. But I had God, and I knew God said it's time to leave. So I told the sister before she left me. I said, since you will not tell me, I said, go back and tell her that her sister will not drink gari except by choice. And we all laughed about it. Now listen to me carefully. You want to walk in absolute dominion, you need that ingredient we call violent faith. Violent faith. Listen, if you don't have violent faith, you can't get into that realm of absolute dominion. The Bible says, right from the days of John the Baptist, John 11, 12. John 11, 12. Say, right from the days of John the Baptist, until when? Until when? Look at the scripture very well. Until... 
2020. 27th day. Is today 27? 27th day of July. Now, now, now. Right at this time. Right from the days of John the Baptist until now. Tomorrow it will be now. Next year it will be now. So it is a, it's a continuum. It's a going word. He said, right from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. It is only the violent that take it by force. You want to live in dominion? Just because God said, subdue. Things will say you won't subdue. Right from the, until now, you must have violent faith. Anything that says it is not possible, you delete it off. It's never possible. What do you mean it's not possible? With men, it may be possible. It may be impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. When you gave your heart to Christ, you left the realm of men. You moved into the realm of God. Where there is nothing called impossible. Hebrews 11.1, 1, he said, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And you go tell her. Now listen, I didn't allow that word to stay. Because you have to know that in this world, we trade with words. In the spirit, we don't trade with dollars. We don't trade with pounds. We trade with words. If you allow a negative word to stick on you, you will live with it. Because he said, none of the words that I've spoken will return back to me void. So if anybody says anything that is, not, that is contrary to the covenant and the promise of God for your life, you don't allow it to stay. You return send it back to Seder. You counter it. You say, no, this is my portion. People may be falling sick. No, I won't fall sick. Oh, poor personality. What are people who fall sick? Well, I don't know. But one thing I know is that the truth of the word. Have you fallen sick as a pastor? Yes, there are times I fall healed. But I know that my body does not have enough spiritual sense to comprehend the fact that it should not fall sick. So what do I do? I tell my body, get back into the normal. Get back to the truth. And once the word, my body aligns to the truth, bam, I'm back. That is the truth. Irrespective of who teaches or anything, that is the truth. The truth is the truth. Let all men be liars and let God be true. The truth of God is truth. Are you there with me? I told her, go and tell her she will not drink her except by choice. I don't care what people say. I don't even care what I'm going through. What I'm going through is transient. What I'm going through is transient. Are you there? What I'm going through is transient. Oh, you think, oh, it's because he has it all together. That is why he's talking like this. <laughs> he must be kidding me. We wage war. We wage violence. You revolt. One year I'm there, I'm revolting. Two years I'm there, I'm revolting. I told you I gave my heart to Christ as a teenager. Ordinary to get into university, to get into college. I spent four years from high school to college because of what I was on the wrong track and I was not getting it right. I wanted to be, I wanted to be Pastor Lumide Johnson. I wanted to become a medical doctor. That was not what I was carved, I kept, I mean, carved out for. But in one single day, the Bible said in the midst of counsel, there is safety. One single person canceled me in, a, in an awkward place in a party. I said, why don't you... <laughs> God can talk to you anywhere, even in your washroom. You may think that place is smelling. <laughs> God can talk to you, my friend, if only you will listen. 
The person told, why don't you go and do this? Why don't you go study economics? I never saw it. I said, yes, that's one of my best courses in, in high school. Why don't you go study it? He said, okay, I'll go try it. And I tried it once and I entered into university. And that was how, and, I, and I have never regretted that position. There are so many underlying things there, but you know the truth. One year, two years, my friends were going to school. I was at home. Uh, you don't understand. You live in Canada where everything is set. You just go to high school. From high school, you just get your grades and you just enter. Hallelujah. It's not like that. We are. <laughs> it's not like that. Too. In this other place, you will jump, jump, we jump, you will jump, jump. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when I tell, go to my, when I talk to my kids, I say, you ask these people, you are not, you, are, you, are, you know what you are talking about here. Hey, daddy, daddy, daddy. I said, you don't know what you are talking about. You, I mean, sit down for your grade, you do your test, you do everything. That same grade from secondary school, from high school, they look at it and say, I enter university. Ha. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Where you see about one million people fighting for a space of about 200,000. So it's not a matter of, and then not only that, you have now people who can influence the, the, the whole thing for their favor because they are influential. I'm also influential. I have God. I prayed. Ah, uh, now listen to me carefully. One of the days, I was leading a group of people and I was preaching and I was teaching the truth of the word. And myself and a friend, we were together. We were both trusting God for admission. When I began to preach and preach, it is wrong for a child of God to, be, to, to, to fail. You cannot fail. It is not right. It is not this. When I finished the message and we are all going, he said, huh, Larry, I said, yes. He said, assuming you had gained admission, I would have thought you were preaching at me. But when I listened to the message you were preaching, I knew that we were in the same boat together, so I didn't mind. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Now, listen, when I was preaching, I was standing before the people, I got in admission. Third year. Now, listen, maybe you don't get the gravity well. As a young guy, your friends go to school and they come back and you still meet and you still talk. When they were graduating, I was just entering. But you know what? God says, I am the almighty God that redeemed time. Yeah. When God redeems your time. <laughs> ah, when God redeems your time. My Jesus, you yourself, it will be like a dream to you. That was when the Lord shall turn the captivity of Zion. Even Zion to them himself, she said, ah, this is like a dream. It shall be like a dream to them. What would have taken me seven, eight years to acquire? I'm telling you before, on the altar of God, in less than seven, eight months, everything was in place. And I myself, I didn't know how it came. How I myself, I didn't know how it came. I just realized I was doing the same thing, but as I was doing the same thing, the hand of God was on what I was doing. I was doing the same thing and having an amplified result. I pray for you today, the Lord will amplify your results. Ah, I pray for you today. The Lord will amplify your results in the name of Jesus. There's a cousin of mine, Femi. He married, trusting God for the fruit. two of them, junior cousins. They were trusting God for the fruit of the womb. And it was not coming. They were doing everything. If you think making love is the product of uh, children, <laughs> you're wrong, go. You're wrong. <laughs> Uh, people who have more power than you. But it wasn't coming. But you know what? The day Femi was going to give birth, he gave birth to triplet. Now, I now called his mom. I was already here in Canada. Ah! I said, my God is humorous. She said, hey, 
I said, what, it took me six years. If I seven years. First child, space two years. Second child, space three years. Add it together. What, it took me about seven years to acquire, to do. God delivered it for me in one year, in one stroke. And the mother laughed. I, I pray for you today. The Lord will amplify you. Amen. Listen, stay with the truth of the word. Stay with the truth of the word. When God amplifies you, you will count years in weeks. What it's taking people to do, to achieve in years, they will do it in weeks. If they are told the guy who invented Zoom that he will become a billionaire today, when he carried his bags and baggage and entered into the U.S., in 19, is it 1995, we alone, that he will be talking in the class of Bill Gates, he will tell you you are dreaming. But when God, look, irrespective of your age, are you there? The person who started, who founded KFC, he started KFC at the age of 65. When people are saying they are retiring. Say, oh, I'm retiring. I want to be going. No, no, no. He, he, start, he founded it. Tells you God is done with you. That's a lie of the devil. But it is you, your violent faith. Your violent faith. Pastor Vatos just mentioned there. Let me just share two quick testimonies. How about Dominion Voice when he said it? Last year, we were together and we just said, hey, we would like to go on the radio. We want to go and preach the gospel on air. This is the same place that I have spoken to this, uh, this, uh, this station and said, no. And somebody had, and within about three weeks, we were already on air. Somebody called and said, how would you fund it? It, is, ah, it will be too expensive. I tell you sincerely, beloved, we have not lost a single sleep funding that thing. And we've been on air Monday, Wednesday, Friday, consistently, right from December till today I'm speaking to you, even till tomorrow. Listen, don't think, don't underestimate God. Don't put God in your box. And when God speaks to you, do what he says. Are you there? Let me share another one with you. Normally we meet in, a, in one of the hotels here, Fairfield Inn and Suite. By November, the place was filled. And I said, okay, we're going to move. The Lord spoke to my hand and said, okay, move to this place. When I looked at the new place, we share, we move. it's big, it's great. And even the people who were close to me, who were together, I said, ah, this thing cannot work. Oh. <laughs> and you want to move in January? <laughs> it's not... And that January, to make matters good, you know, when God wants to do things, he will do it in such a way that he will know that it is him. My family, my whole family, we are not even in Canada. They were on vacation in Europe. So we said, we're going to go. So I said, they said, you're going to say, I said, yes, I'm going to go. Then everybody kept going. I said, okay, you said you want to go, you can go. Then we moved. Everybody was thinking that day the whole place was going to be empty. But after we stepped out in faith, after we stepped out in faith, the place was filled. And bigger place. After we finished, people now say, ah, in fact, I now know God speaks to you. I told them, Zell, you think I was bold doing it. I myself was afraid doing it. There are times you may be afraid obeying God, but obey him. Are you there with me? Obey him. Now listen to me. If we had not moved in that January, COVID would have caught us up in March. I would have been trapped in that place. We would have been able to move. At the place we were using before was quite small. We would have been trapped there. What am I trying to get across to you? I have to begin to round off now. You have to listen to God and you have to take that bold step of faith for you to live in absolute dominion. He that looks at the wind, he will not sow. 
The Bible says the, the rain may not, the, the cloud may not gather. The rain may not fall. But yet, the ditches shall be filled. And there shall be abundance of rain. Stop looking at the fears. Three major things will always stand, stand against you from operating in violent faith. Your fears. Your feelings. Your, the figures. What are the, your fears? Ah, I'm afraid, oh, will this ever happen? I'm afraid, oh, whatever you fear will come upon you. Have you not read it in the book of Job? The Bible said Job, apart from the fact that the devil took permission to go and afflict Job, but one major thing that opened the door, Job said, one thing that I feared has come upon me. He was always fearing that his children will die. Don't fear. Don't live in fear. No, 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 no. Don't live in fear. So if you think pastors have gotten it together, no, sir. We are all in it. Because situation wants to come and confront you too. And when they come, what do you do? You put on the whole armor of God. What do you do? You carry your shield of faith. What do you do? To do what? To quench the firing darts of the devil. You carry your shield. The devil throws you sickness against you. You say, no, Satan, no. With my shield of faith, I wave it off. Oh, nobody makes it in your family. No, it's not possible. My case is different. Violent faith. The fears are there. Oh, oh my mom, my parents have high blood pressure. Oh, this one has diabetes. It's not your portion. No, 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 no. You have to understand that you have been uprooted. You have been uprooted and translated into a new place. He that is in Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. You have to consciously get it into your system. The feelings are there. Oh, I feel this way. No, 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 no. We don't walk by feelings. We don't walk by the sense realm. For those things we can see, they are transient. Those things we cannot see, they are permanent. The, the feelings, what are the, what are the three, the, the, the five areas of, our, of the feelings? With your eyes, we see. With your ear, we hear. With your nose, you, I thought you were going to say taste. With your nose, you, <laughs> with your tongue, you, and then with your skin, you, you feel these are your five senses. But you know what? We don't dwell in that realm. We don't dwell in that realm. Anyone that walks and lives in absolute dominion, we neglect it. We ignore it. We don't deny that they exist, that they are not existing. We know it's there. But what we do, we ignore it. You ignore it and walk as though they do not exist. You are so calm. You are so peaceful. The whole world is coming and chumming down. People are saying, ah, you're so quiet like this. You are so calm because you have absolute dominion through the revelation of the word of God. That, is, that gives birth to violent faith on the inside of you. The facts are there. Oh, I got my pay, my mortgage. Oh, the facts are there. The figures are there. Pastor, can't you see? Two plus two is four. And God says, one shall put a thousand to flight. Ordinarily, two should put two thousand to flight. But God says, when I, bear, I get involved, he said, two will no longer put two thousand to flight, but two will put ten thousand to flight. What arithmetic are you going to use at that? At least I know a little bit of arithmetic. No, no. If one puts a thousand to flight, ordinary two should put two thousand to flight. But God says, no, 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 not with me. When one put thousand to flight, two, instead of putting two thousand, we put ten thousand to flight. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? That is the realm of God. Rise to your feet, let us pray. 
living in dominion, a life of dominion. Every day of your life, consistently living a life of dominion. Why we look not at the things which we, can, which we can see, for the things which we can see are transient, but the things which we cannot see, they are permanent. They are permanent. They are effectual. They are permanent. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you are blessed, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and if you are not baptized, just pray as you are led of the Spirit. Though long line lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. Man de Kabaro we all go through the same things, beloved, but it is the revelation of the word that makes the difference. In the Gabosh te Brunan Dielede, Satan de Lerebu, Manglere Bogovienemo, Shatanglere Bogodie, you must have a violent faith that is brought out of the revelation knowledge of the word of God. That is brought out of revelation knowledge of the word of God. That is brought out of revelation knowledge of the word of God. Violent faith that is brought out of revelation of the word of God. Your family cannot break. Your home cannot break. It's a lie of the devil. You take charge. You take charge. You take charge. Whatever you decree or not shall be established in heaven. Who says you're going to die of that sickness? It's not your portion. Who says that? It is not, right? It is not, right? It is not the truth of the word of God. Then I was young. Now I'm old. I'm not seeing the righteous forsaken or the acid beg for bread. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Who speaks when the Lord has not spoken? They speak the word and it shall come to naught. Speak the word and it shall come to naught. For no enchantment against Jacob, no divination against Israel shall stand. No enchantment or divination against your life will stand. No enchantment or divination against your life will stand. In the name of Jesus. To stop talking of where you are. Begin to talk of where you should be. Begin to talk of where you should be. Declare them. Declare them. Declare them. Declare them. It's a dawn of a new day. It's a dawn of a new day for the place of rest. It's a dawn of a new day for your family. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. For everyone in this auditorium, and everyone listening to this message on here, or if you'll be hearing, listening to this message later, I want every one of us to put our hands on our chest. I want us all to say this in our prayer. Everybody. It may be unconventional, but that's what I hear in my spirit. Some of us are not very sure of our salvation, but we are ashamed to publicly declare. So we help ourselves. And I want every one of us to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today to give my heart to you. I am sorry for living in unbelief. I'm sorry for walking against you. I am sorry for my sins. I come to you today to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Christ Jesus died and rose up on the third day and I confess today I am saved I am born again I give my heart to you today I am born again I am saved in Jesus name Amen Glory to God put your hands together for Jesus
All the virtues that he exuded, that has been given to him from above, will be replenished. That he will go from grace to grace. He will go from one level of grace unto another. Dominion is about staying put and exerting what God has said to happen on us. That every the calling of God upon his life, he will fulfill it in the name of Jesus. Let's just talk to God on his behalf. Let's talk to God on his behalf that yes, what the Lord has started in his life will receive an advancement than whatever he can even fathom in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for Pastor Larry and we thank you for his wife, Pastor Tino as well and their lovely children. That God, almighty God, your presence, your grace will be multiplied upon them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Christ in them, the hope of glory. In Jesus' name we pray.